0: This dynamic message is brought to you by Redemption in Jesus with Marco Rava. Praise God, praise God. Well, I trust that today's word is going to encourage you, that it is going to bless you. And so, here is the title of our message today. How God says we should face battles in life. Now you know depending on who you speak to who you may watch on YouTube who you may listen to on podcast different people different gurus as we call them will tell you how to face battles in life much of it as far as from a humanistic point of view is very self-help driven you know do this and do that say this don't say this think that think that Connect with this. Connect with so-and-so. Disconnect from this. Now, some of those things are good, but ultimately, our trust and confidence needs to be in God. Amen? And I know that, you know, know, Jesus Himself said that in this world, we will face, we will have trials and tribulations because it's a fallen world. We will face battles, but... In His Word, God also tells us and he, he reveals to us how we should face the battles that we face in life. And you know, you may be facing a battle today. You may have been facing a battle for a while. You may have just begun to face some form of battle. You know, when you least expect it, sometimes things just come our way. And we think, well, where did that, that come from? And you know, if we have a legalistic understanding of Scripture if we have legalistic influence in our doctrine, immediately we have a tendency or people have a tendency to start looking at their merit, at their performance. In other words, what am I doing? What am I not doing? What causes? this? Why did this happen? And so somehow people have this mindset that if they do everything perfectly, that everything should go perfectly. Forgetting the fact that we live in a fallen world. And because we live in a fallen world, And we live in a fallen body, things, even if we do everything perfectly right, not that we can, but if we were to, there will still be something. Because somewhere along the line, someone makes a choice, a bad choice that affects you. Somewhere along the line, things happen in this fallen world. And so ultimately, and it's not to speak badly or anything, ultimately we are going to face battles. And you know, you've already faced some battles. But God tells us and He reveals to us how we should face those battles. And so I want to remind you today. I want to remind me. I want to remind us today what God says and how He says we should face the battles that we face. I know, and I speak to some of you. I know some of you are facing some hard battles. I know some of you have been in battle for a long time longer than you expected it to be, longer than you you wanted it to be. And so I want to encourage you today. I believe that this is God speaking to you today through His Word. And of course, what a better example to look at than the children of Israel. God took them out of slavery from Egypt, delivered them, and then He led them towards a land that He promised them. And as they traveled through to the promised land, There was a lot of development that took place, a lot of situations that they faced. And when they got to the promised land, they realized too that there were many battles to be fought. They knew that they couldn't just walk into the promised land and conquer it because there were pagan peoples that had moved into the land and had basically rooted themselves in there. And there was no way that they were going to just get up and leave because the children of Israel were there. They were going to fight. They were going to maintain what they believed was theirs. And so there would be battles that would be fought. And so the children of Israel knew that they would have to face battles. And God prepared them for that. God spoke to them through Moses and many other prophets. And He told them, You are going to face battles. Battles are inevitable because there's also freedom of choice. You know, there's free will. And so I cannot just wipe people out so that you can move in. There's going to be battles, God said. But you see, the key for them was in how they would approach these battles and, more importantly, who they would trust in and put their confidence in In order to be victorious. Now obviously that would be God. And the same thing goes for you and I today. You know we face battles. Sometimes they are partially caused by us. Because of our choices and our decisions. Sometimes it's unprovoked. But regardless of how that battle came. When we face a battle. If we are facing a battle. The best thing for us to do. Is to understand Fine, it happened. It's there. I'm not going to bury my head in the sand. But what I am going to do is I'm going to approach this battle with a mindset that God tells me to approach it with. And I'm going to begin by trusting and depending on Him for the victory. And so you'll see that that is in essence the heart of God. So let's begin by looking at Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 1 to 4 from the Amplified Translation. This is where God, in essence, as He's given them an expanding on the law, on His law, the Old Covenant law, God begins to explain to them also about the fact that they will face battles, but also He tells them how they ought to face those battles and the attitude they ought to have and the confidence and trust that they ought to have in Him and just how the whole mindset should be when they approach and face a battle, And I believe that this was written as a type and shadow for you and me today. Because we have victory in Jesus. We actually have a greater assurance than they did. But we need to approach battles the same way that they did. Putting our trust and confidence in Him. So watch this. Deuteronomy 20 verse 1 to 4. Watch what God says here to the children of Israel and to us. He says, when you go out to battle against your enemies, watch us, and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you. In other words, they are overwhelming. And in the natural, it seems like you have no chance. Watch what he says next. Do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, who brought you up, From the land of Egypt is with you. Look at that. You're going to face battle. No matter what it looks like, how they look, do not be afraid. He says, For I am with you. Then he says in verse 2 When you approach the battle, the priest shall come forward and speak to the people and shall say to them, Watch us now. Hear, O Israel. You are advancing today to battle against your enemies. Do not lack courage. Do not be afraid or panic or tremble in terror before them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Now let's leave that there for a moment because there's some things I want to point out to you there. First of all, he says, battles are inevitable. But he says, don't be afraid. He says, I'm with you. In other words, the certainty that he's with them is there. But then he goes and he says, do not lack courage. In other words, don't get discouraged when you face a battle. Then he says, do not be afraid. In other words, don't let fear get a hold of you. And then he says, or panic. In other words, be at rest. Don't stress out. He says, or tremble. In other words, get to the point where you are so full of fear and anxiety that it gets a hold of you. He says, don't do that. He says, don't do any of that. He says, and here's the reason. Because I am your God and I am with you and I'm going with you and I'm the one that is going to fight the battle and I'm going to save you and make sure the battle doesn't defeat you, that you're not defeated, in other words. Praise God, praise God. That is awesome stuff, isn't it? Now, remember, these were people who were living under the law, the law of God in the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant was legalistic. It was performance merit driven. As long as they satisfied and lived up to God's commandments, then God's blessing was there. When they didn't, curses came upon them. We don't relate to God that way as New Covenant believers. That doesn't mean that we ignore the law, but we embrace it for the reasons God gave the law. But we don't relate to God by law as new covenant believers. That's why there is a new covenant. The new covenant operates by grace. In other words, by His unmerited favor. So we don't have to be concerned about whether our or performance is going to get God to move on for us. No, He's already moved for us at the cross and He's always there for us. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't perform, that we shouldn't be concerned about our morality and so forth. But at the end of the day, our salvation and redemption is not on that basis. Amen. And so what God says to them there applies to us today when we face battles. So in summary, just to point out some other things that we saw in that portion. Basically, what God is saying to them is rely on my sufficiency not your own. Isn't that so? That's in essence, In everything is communicated there. He's basically telling them, don't rely on your own sufficiency, because really it's incapable anyway. He says, rely on my sufficiency, says God. Then he also tells them to put their trust and confidence in him, not themselves. <clears throat> he says, I'm with you. I'm going. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to save you. In other words, rely on me. Don't rely on yourself or anyone else or anything else that you think can do it for you. Now, that didn't mean that they didn't go into the battle. That didn't mean that they sat back and somehow supernaturally watched God do something because He did, but He did it through them. They still had to carry their swords. They still had to get into battle. They still had to fight. But you see, they fought with the mindset of a winner. They fought with a mindset of a victor. they fought with a mindset, even though I'm going through these notions, I've already won this battle. I am already victorious over this over the over this enemy, and that's the way God wants us to approach the battles we face in life. Yes, I am. I'm engaging in the battle. Yes, I'm going to do what needs to be done, but my mindset is is that I'm already a victor. I already have victor victory. In this situation, this battle has already been won. God is with me, but He's also here fighting for me and He's here to save me. Amen. That's what He says. In other words, what He is telling them is to walk by faith and not by sight. What does that mean? In other words, He's telling them to believe in Him more than what they see with their natural eyes. In other words, take me at my word. More than what you see with your natural eyes. So whatever your circumstance may look like. Whatever your enemy may be throwing at you. However threatening he may seem. However he may be coming at you and sending circumstances at you. I want you to know today by God's Spirit. That the battle has already been won. That God has already declared you as victorious. That God is fighting for you. And that He is going to save you. I can sense the anointing just manifesting right now where you are. Because you need to hear this today. Even though you are familiar with it. Even though you may have heard it before. It just means something different to you today. Because you need to hear this as you face the battle that you're facing. And so... In other words, what God was also saying is, is that let faith and trust in Me dominate. Is what He was saying. In other words, when besides all that I see in the battle, and you know, swords swinging this way and issues coming this way, I'm going to trust my. I'm going to let my faith and trust, my belief and trust in God, dominate my heart, my mind, <coughs> my feelings, everything in the midst of battle. Amen. That's in essence what he was communicating to them. What he was really saying is is that let your enemy see your belief, trust, and confidence in God. You see, no matter how mighty and powerful they were, no matter how many chariots they had, no matter how much more they outnumbered them, the fact that they saw them standing there, ready for battle, confident, knowing that the battle is already theirs because God in actual fact was fighting for them and saving them, that must have said something to that enemy. And you know, that's what you and I need to do is whatever we are facing, let's be confident. Let's not stand there trembling, discouraged. He said, don't do that. He says, don't do any of that because I'm with you. And you see, when we don't do those things, really what it shows is, is that our trust and confidence is in God. Now, some people think, well, okay, so I'm going to try not to be discouraged. I'm going to try not to panic or get anxious. They make it a work. And they think, okay, so if I do that, then God is going to move. That's not what God was saying at all. He says, don't do any of those things because you believe me. Because you believe that I'm moving for you. Not because you're trying to believe in me or because you're trying to get me to move for you. He didn't say... Do this so that I can do this. He just said, I am going to do all of this. And by the way, because I'm going to do all of that, don't feel any of the negative things. Don't react to any of the negative things. Amen. I hope that that made sense to someone. Because I know I've been there before. We read portions like the one we've just read. And we think, okay, I'm going to intentionally try not to be discouraged. I'm going to intentionally try not to be afraid. I'm going to intentionally not panic and not stress out. But you see, I've turned that into a work. Because now I think that my performance in not doing those things and falling into those feelings and emotions and mindsets, somehow now that is going to cause God to do something. And that's not what God said. He says, don't feel any of that. Don't do any of that. Because... I'm going to fight the battle for you because I'm here to save you. Amen. So really, it's a matter of just trust and rest in Him. Amen. You see, God is with you. God is for you. He will fight for you and He will save you. Receive that today. Believe that today. Live by that today. Amen. I'm speaking to myself here too. And so we see that Moses pointed the people to God's sufficiency instead of their own when he wrote that. And even though it was God speaking, that's what he was saying to them. Look at my sufficiency, not your sufficiency. Amen. You see, ultimately, what God was saying to them is, phase battles in life by depending on my grace, by depending on my unmerited favor. Because if you look at that portion again, even though they were still under law, God still, (laughs) He still basically communicated to them, this is not going to be based on your marital performance. This is not going to be based on your law keeping. In actual fact, you're about to see just how disqualified they were, if that's how it was going to be. But God, by His grace, even under the old covenant, by His grace, he guaranteed them victory, he guaranteed them to be with them, go with them, fight for them, and save them. Amen. It is by his grace. Let me show you Deuteronomy nine verse four and six, uh, four to six from the Amplified. Watch what God says. Do not say in your heart, when the Lord your God has driven them out before you. Now it's talking about the enemies in the land. Watch this. He says, Don't say this when it happens. Because of my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess the land. The Lord has brought me into to possess the land. But because of the wickedness of the nations, the Lord is dispossessing this, this them before you. Just think about that for a moment. What God in essence just said to them is, Don't say that I've done this because of something you've done. He says, No. He says, I've taken them out and given you victory because of the wickedness of the people that were in the land. See, that's grace. Their marital performance was not even in the picture. Then he goes on in verse 5 and watches. He says, it is not for your righteousness or for the uprightness of your heart. See, it's not because of your marital performance. That you are going in to possess the land. Watch this now. He gives them the second reason. But because of the wickedness of the nation. So once more he re-emphasizes the same thing. It's not because of what you do or don't do that you've got victory and that you're going to possess the land. He says it's because the people living there are basically just destroying the land. And, and <laughs> their wickedness was, was not what, 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 what God was not impressed with. He says, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. Watch this now. Here comes another reason. And to confirm the oath which the Lord saw to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob. In other words, what God is saying is, I'm not doing this because of your or performance. I'm doing this because I don't like what those ungodly pagan people are doing there and doing to the land. Secondly, I'm doing this because I made a promise to your forefathers. So I'm going to keep my promise. Right there, as much as we had to see that, God was telling them, I'm not doing this as, some, as a response to something you've done. I'm doing this because of my grace. You don't deserve it. You haven't earned it. But I'm doing this because I don't like what's going on with those pagan people but also because I made a promise to your forefathers. Amen. Amen. Then he goes on in verse 6. Let's bring that up again. He says, Know without any doubt that the Lord your God is not, watch that, giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness. For you are a stiff-necked, stubborn, obstinate people. (laughs) So to make sure that they understood and realized, and they didn't take the victory that they had as validation for what they were doing and not doing, for their bad behavior, their ungodly behavior, God makes it clear to them. Without any doubt, know this. I'm not doing this because of your marital performance. I'm doing this because... (laughs) of my grace, because of my promise, because of who I am. Because in truth, he says, and I'm putting it in my own words, you really are a stiff-necked, stubborn, obstinate people. In other words, really, if you look at your performance and your behavior and your conduct, you don't even measure up. But the people in the lands are worse. And I've made a promise. So I'm doing this because of that, because of who I am, more than I'm doing this because of your behavior or conduct. He loves them, and he did it because he loves them. But you see, the point that I want to show you here is I don't want anyone to misunderstand what I'm saying in this. But I also don't want to display play down or water down the truth that we find in this portion. It's not okay for us to be stubborn, obstinate, sinful, and have bad behavior. <clears throat> Never think that that's what God's grace is. But the point here that we see here is even when we don't measure up, even when we're at our worst, God will still fight for us and give us victory. Why? Because He is God. He's wholesome. He's perfect. He's holy. He made promises. He redeemed us in Jesus, made us promises in Jesus. And therefore, because of that, Even when we don't measure up, even when we have failed, even when we may have invoked the battle, God will be with us. He will fight for us and give us the victory. He wants us to have that confidence. He's not validating bad behavior. This is why at the end, He makes sure that they understand and He re-emphasizes the point. This is not in response to what you've done or what you haven't done. This is because of who I am. Because in truth, you don't measure up. But yet, He still did it for them. He says, you will still possess the land. You will still be victorious. You will still see victory in the battle. Amen. I mean, if anything, that should motivate us to have good behavior, to live more righteous, to do more rightness. But we need to understand the basis of our victory in the midst of battle is not on the basis of that. It's on the basis of God, His nature, His ability, His sufficiency, His love, and His grace toward us. Amen. Praise God, praise God for that. You see, God gave them the land and victory over their enemies because of His promise and because of the current wickedness of the inhabitants because God is never going to allow wickedness to be greater than His blessing. Amen. So it wasn't because of anything that they did to deserve it. It was purely by His grace. Now, the reason why I've shared all of that so far is because I, as I was praying this morning, as I was preparing and how God just changed the whole direction of today as far as the message goes, I just sensed in my heart that some of you have been going through some things and you've been looking at your merit, your performance. You've been thinking, what did I do to cause this? And yeah, you may have had a part in it, but you've been because of that. Your confidence and trust in God has kind of been, you know, weighed down. And some of you are thinking, well, you know, if people only knew what I've been up to, well, that makes sense why this is going on. And it may be true, but maybe this is God saying to you, well, you know, victory is yours anyway. But maybe that victory will help you snap out of all that stuff. Whatever it is, Amen. I I'm not presuming anything or. Assuming anything, but I want you to hear the truth today. God is for you. God is with you. He's given you victory in Jesus. You are already victorious. You don't have to fight for victory. You already have the victory. You fight and you stand from a place of victory. And God is the one who goes before you. God is the one who is with you. He's the one that fights the battle and He's the one that saves you. Amen. Praise God, praise God. I believe that you are receiving this here today. You see, every time the children of Israel faced a battle, they would be reminded of this truth. This is why it was written in the record as it was. You see, God is with you. God is for you. Not because of your or performance, but because He loves you and He promised you victory. And so they would be reminded of that portion in Deuteronomy all the time so that they would know and have a mindset of a victor. Amen. You see, this is all a type and a shadow for us in Jesus. Amen. Victory does not come to us because of our merit or performance. Isn't that true? Absolutely. It comes to us because God loves us and He promised us victory in Jesus. What is that? It is unmerited favor. Amen. I sense in my heart that There's someone, or maybe someones, something has been going on for way too long. And I hear God saying, discard all those concerns. Discard all that weighing up your performance on the scale. Discard all of that. Repent. Have a change of mind for the things that you need to have a change of mind about. But know this, victory is yours. I am with you. I am for you. I go before you. I fight the battle and I will save you, says God. Amen. Receive that today in Jesus' name. Now, I want to show you that verse 1 that we read in Deuteronomy 20. I want to show it to you from the New International Reader's Version. It's pretty powerful how it puts it uh, and how it simplifies a truth that is there. Watch us now. Deuteronomy 20 verse 1. He says, When you go to war against your enemies, you might see that they have horses and chariots. They might even have an army stronger than yours. But don't be afraid of them. The Lord your God will be with you. After all, He brought you up out of Egypt. In other words, I've already performed a huge miracle for you. And those of you, you we're all familiar with that account. I mean, so many different things came against them. The Pharaoh would change his mind all the time and not let them go. And God supernaturally performed miracle after miracle after miracle, eventually bringing the Egyptians and the Pharaoh down on their knees, literally, for them to say, fine, we're done, just go, leave, and let them go. And so God is reminding them and them saying, I've already done that for you. How much more will I not do for you, even when it looks like your enemy outnumbers you and outperforms you and outweapons you and everything else? He says, don't forget what I've done for you. I will do that and even greater for you. And that's God's word for you today. Amen. So no matter how overwhelming what your face may seem, He says, don't be afraid. He says, I'm with you. Remember what I've already done for you. Amen. When we are faced with battle, the natural tendency is to be moved by what we see and feel, which is fear, panic, terror, anxiety, discouragement. This is why He said, don't do that. Don't let that overwhelm you and take over you. He tells them, Don't do that. He says, instead, he says, Look to me, look to my sufficiency, he says. He says, He says, look to my ability. Look to my promises. Look to my nature and character, God says. And that's what I want to communicate to you as well today. Whatever battle you are facing, don't let those feelings and those negative things overwhelm you. Don't go and judge and weigh yourself up in your merit and performance. What you do is you look to God. You look to His sufficiency, His ability, His promises, and His nature and character and His grace. Amen. And let's believe that we know that victory is ours. So just say, Father, thank you for the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Now, the other natural tendency is for us to try and match the might and power of our enemies with our own supposed might and power. I mean, oftentimes I've seen believers, you know, they face a battle. They're in the midst of the heat of the battle. And instead of turning to God, turning to His grace, understanding that they're already victorious, what they try and do is they try and match the weapons. They try and match the strength of their enemy. They try and match the intensity of their enemy. So what they do is they go into what you call the, they call spiritual warfare. They start fasting, and I'm not saying fasting is bad. I need to teach on that sometime. But they start fasting. They start interceding, as they call it. They start, you know, confessing and declaring all things that involve merit and performance, all in the attempt to try and match at least or get a little better than the enemy hoping that that is how we will defeat the enemy. And yet, (laughs) God told the Israelites who were living under the law, He told them, don't do any of that. Don't be afraid. Don't do this. Don't look at your righteousness, your merit, your performance. Just trust and depend on me because I made a promise because I don't like what is going on and I'm going to make sure that I'm with you, that I'm for you, that I'm going to fight the battle and save you. Amen. Praise God, praise God. So I want to tell you today, if for any reason you feel like you need to find a way to match or outmatch your enemy, don't. Keep your eyes on God. Amen. I know that the legalist, I know that our natural humanity at this point is probably squealing against what I'm saying here. Because that's what we have a tendency to do. You know, when someone punches you, we want to punch them back and then punch them another extra one just for doing that. But here God says, trust and depend on me. Amen. So I want to show you a portion of scripture here. If for any reason you're thinking, well, you know, I'm going to try and match the power and the ability of my enemy at least so that I can have a chance. You already have a chance in Jesus, praise God. You're already victorious in Jesus. But let me show you what God says in Isaiah 31, verse 1, about that kind of mindset. Watch us. What sorrow awaits those, watch who look to Egypt for help, trusting their horses, chariots and charioteers, and depending on the strength of human armies, instead of looking to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. So it's a different conversation about a different situation. But yet God says, yeah, and that's the point that I want to draw out here, is He says, why are you trying to match the strength of your enemies? Why are you going for help to someone else to try and help you match your enemy so you can have a fair fight? He says, you're not depending on me. You're depending on yourself and other human beings. He says, what you should be doing instead is depending and trusting on me and looking to me for your victory. Amen. I mean, it couldn't be any clearer than that. And you know, ultimately, what we see in all of that is is that God wants us to see Him as our hope. Amen. He is our hope. God wants us to know that when we face battles in life, he is with us and He is for us. Not because of our merit or performance, but because of Jesus and the finished work of the cross. Because of His grace. Amen. Can you say an amen to that? Praise God. Now, I also want to show you verse 4 of the portion that we read from the New Living Translation. Watch how it puts it. For the Lord your God... Is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies and he will give you victory. Praise God for that. So, question Is God with you? He certainly is in Jesus. Is He for you? He certainly is in Jesus. So, has He given you victory in Jesus? He absolutely has. Amen. So we have a greater assurance and therefore we should be even more victory-minded. We should be even more victorious-minded. Amen. God God is far greater than anything or anyone we will ever face. Amen. God's wisdom supersedes by far all of humanity's wisdom. Amen. This is why it behooves us. To trust and depend on Him when we face battles in life. Amen. Say this with me. Just close your eyes for a moment just to register in your heart. Just close your eyes and say this after me. Thank you, Father, that you are with me and for me. And for giving me victory in every battle. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Praise God. He has given you victory. Amen. And it is yours in Jesus' name. You see, God's ways to fight for you are limitless. There is no battle that God cannot win. There is no weapon formed that He that will out, <laughs> out that will beat Him, that will defeat Him. It's impossible. God's ways to fight for you are limitless. Amen. You may think, how is this going to give me victory? How in any way am I going to see victory in this situation? They say this, they say that, and this is happening. But God's ways of giving you victory are limitless. Amen. Exodus 14 verse 14. Watch this from the Amplified. The Lord will fight for you while you only need to keep silent, and remain calm. You see, God's ways to fight for you are limitless. He says, just rest in me. Don't add anything with your mouth. He says, be calm, be at rest. I will take care of it. Amen. You know, some time ago, someone who's getting to know me, he uh, said to me, you know, I never hear you complain. I never hear you say bad things. I never hear you just, you know, whine and, and talk bad about this and all that. And I, I was thinking of this portion of Scripture. I thought, you know, I'm not even going to bother because victory is already mine. I mean, I was thinking that when they said that. And it is so true because God's ways to fight for you are limitless. Amen. Secondly, God is well able to change hearts in your favor. Isn't that so? <laughs> Even if they are stubborn in fighting, God is well able to change hearts in your favor. Watch this. Proverbs 21 verse 1 from the Passion Translation. It's easy for God to steer a king's heart for his purposes, as it is for him to direct the course of a stream. What does that tell you? If God really wants to, even the person highest in charge, he can sway their hearts like he can sway a stream of water and let it go in the way he needs it to go. The point is is, is that God is well able to change hearts in your favor. You know, there's been many times where people sometimes have looked at me and for some reason they dislike me. I don't know it's because of the way I look. I don't know what it is and I don't care. But you know, When I pick that up and I see it, I think to myself of this portion. You know, God is able to change. And I've seen it time after time. They become my biggest allies. They become my biggest proponents. And make God uses them to make ways for me. And He will do that for you as well. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And here's the last point that I want to make in relation to our message today. There is no circumstance that God... Cannot save you from. Absolutely none. There is no circumstance that God cannot save you from. Remember Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? They were about to be thrown into a fiery furnace because of their belief, because of their stand for God. And even though in the natural it looked like they would be burnt literally in an instant, The furnace was heated seven times hotter just for them. And God rescued them even after they were thrown in the fire. Amen. You see, there is no circumstance that God cannot save you from. We just need to trust and depend and believe on Him by His grace. Amen. Watch this. Daniel 3 verse 17 from the New Living Translation. This is what they said to the king. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Ultimately, we know how the story ends. God rescued them. God saved them. Amen. In actual fact, the king saw a fourth man in the fire and had them brought out and you couldn't even smell burn on them. They weren't touched at all by the fire. Praise God, praise God. And so, <laughs> what we see from that is that there is no circumstance that God cannot save you from. Amen. And you see, this is how God says we should face battles in life by having trust and confidence in Him. And even though these are Old Covenant, Old Testament examples, you and I have something greater we have Jesus and redemption in Jesus. What was a type and shadow in the old has been fulfilled in Jesus. Praise God. Therefore, we can have greater certainty. And so whatever it is that you're going through today, whatever it is that you've been facing, I want you to receive this word as a word from God today for you. And God saying to you, in the midst of the battle, just trust me, just depend on me. Don't look at your merits or performance. Don't let that get in the way. And I hear him saying, don't look at the enemy. Don't look at how massive, how powerful, how horrific it may look. He says, I'm with you. I'm going before you. I'm fighting the battle. I've already fought that battle. And I'm going to save you. And victory is yours. Amen. I sense that you're going to see some breakthroughs within the next few weeks. With regards to certain things that you've been waiting maybe months and years for. Because God is for you. Your belief has just gotten to a place. Your mindset has just taken a turn. And I can sense in the Spirit, God doing something. Amen. Father, I thank you for your blessing on your people. Father, I pray today for those who are facing battles. Who have been facing battles. May this message, this word from you resonate so deeply in their hearts, Father, that a change begins to happen, not only on the inside of them, not only in their faith and reviving their faith and their belief, but also their trust and confidence in you. Father, thank you for the victories. I come against every demonic force that has tried to bring harm to them, that has tried to steal from them, that has tried to bring destruction in their lives, that has tried to affect their well being, their wholeness, and are binded right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the victory. And today and evermore, may they face whatever battle they face with confidence and trust in you, Father. May your anointing come upon them now in the name of Jesus. We trust that you are blessed by this message. For more information about our ministry or to make a donation to help us continue spreading the gospel, please visit our website at redemptioninjesus.com.